Brilliant. Thank you, John. Isn't it lovely having John back? So good having you guys back. A very warm welcome back from Uganda. It's lovely having you back. How are we doing? Yeah, okay, good. Good. How are we finding this series we're doing in the Holy Spirit? This is week three. Uh, We've had two great preachers so far just looking at uh, the person of the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is. And then Anthony last week unpackaging uh, what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I trust for each of us we're finding we are being encouraged and drawn into a deeper or stronger relationship with the Holy Spirit again in this season. That's part of what it is. I trust for some of us maybe we're having our eyes opened as to uh, who the Holy Spirit is and the fact that we can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit and that that's actually a good thing. And I hope some, for some of us, we're going on quite a journey in this season. Anybody feel they're on a journey in this season? Just in, the, in terms of, yeah, we've got a few people who feel they're on it. Great. Bless you. Bless you. That's what God wants to do. He wants to take us on a journey. And he is taking us on a journey. And uh, this week, we're uh, going to continue in considering uh, the Holy Spirit. And this week, what we're going to do is we're going to be looking, uh, my title is Walking by the Holy Spirit. Walking by the Holy Spirit. And what we're going to be looking at today is how we can actually walk with the Holy Spirit day by day, hour by hour, how we can be led and guided by the Holy Spirit. And uh, good old Paul, he always has a lot to say about most things, has lots to say about this too. And uh, he's writing to the Galatians, so uh, if the church in Galatia, if you want to turn in your Bibles to the book of Galatians and uh, chapter 5. We're going to read from Galatians chapter 5. If you don't know your uh, Bible too well yet, if you get into the New Testament, get through the four letters, uh, four uh, Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and uh, then you've got Acts, and then Romans, and then some letters called 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, and then you find Galatians, if that helps you to find it. And we're right at the end of the letter to the church in Galatia, uh, Galatians chapter 5. And we're going to break in partway through a passage. Um, chapter 5 is about understanding our freedom in Christ, all that Christ has done for us, all that he's achieved on the cross for us. And uh, we're going to pick up in uh, verse 13, where he says this, You, my brothers, now if you're a lady here, please don't think you're excused. This is for all of us, okay? Brothers and sisters, effectively, were called to be free. So that's all of us. Hey, Paul's saying, hey, come on, guys, do you realize you're called to be free? Hallelujah. But don't use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other, so uh, that you do not sorry, so that, so that you do not do what you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, 
idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, that is the work of the Spirit, is love, is joy, is peace, is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. And Father, we ask that as we consider your word this morning, that you let it speak deep into our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit of God, would you take the word and would you put it deep in our hearts that it would yield great fruit. Lord, help us to be doers of your word, not just hearers. But first, help us to hear. We wouldn't just hear what we want to hear, but we'd hear your word. And your word would shape us and mold us. Your word would be a conviction to us of how we live our lives. And then give us grace to live it out and work it out. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Wow, well, there's a lot in this passage for us to consider in what's going to be a relatively short period of time. So what are we going to focus on? Well, I'd like us to consider three particular points Paul seems to raise about how we can walk with the Spirit or living by the Spirit. That phrase, live by the Spirit, could also be used, if you look at the Greek word, it, can, it more suggests really a partnership, a walking with the Holy Spirit. And as we talked about, or as I talked about two weeks ago, the Spirit is um, known as the paraclete. The Greek means to come alongside. He's one who comes alongside to guide us, to lead us through life. So that whole language of walking with is the, uh, is, is the sort of the, the concept which we're to get hold of here. That it's... Uh, the Holy Spirit isn't a force, something weird and over there which we sort of have to woo, and, but we're not quite sure what he's doing or whatever. No, he's a he. He's somebody who wants to be alongside us, who live alongside us, who walk through life with us, to guide us through life. And Paul draws out, or I want to draw out three points from this passage. They're these. First of all, by living by the Spirit, we won't gratify the desires of our sinful nature. Verse 16. They say confession is good for the soul. Quite got your attention, didn't it? <laughs> What's coming next, Andrew? I've got a sinful nature. You're probably not that surprised by it. Those of you who have started to get to know me, you'll know I've got a sinful nature. Do you know what, though? You've got a sinful nature too. We all have a sinful nature. It's part of the fall. It's part of that, that, that rebellion which arose from Adam and Eve, which has descended through the whole of humanity. We have a sinful nature. And some of us, much as we wouldn't want to admit we do, would know that actually it can be a battle. 
for some of us, it's a real battle. That would be me. In fact, the reality is, for all of us, we're doing battle with our sinful nature. But here we've got this wonderful phrase. So I say, live by the Spirit and you won't gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Isn't that a wonderful phrase? Hey, if you want to live a pure and holy life, because you, you, you want to delight in God, you want to make your life part of your worship to God, you want to make your life count for Jesus, how do you do that? How do you avoid all those things which would want to draw us into yickiness? <laughs> we walk by the Spirit. As we say, walk by the Spirit, you won't gratify the desires of the sinful nature. See, the two things are, are opposite. He, it's this wonderful passage, he, he unpacks it. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit was his contrary to the sinful nature. It's one of those phrases you have to read a couple of times and get your head around it. It's, it's saying the same things two ways around. That the sinful nature ultimately and the spirit are at war with each other. And we're going to give in to one or the other. Now, which one's it going to be? Sinful nature, Holy Spirit. If I walk by the Spirit, I can step out. I don't need to gratify the desires of my sinful nature. Those things which are at war inside of me, which I really want to do, but no, actually, they aren't right. Which one's it going to be for you? How are you living? Sinful nature? Led by the Spirit. Walking with the Spirit? See, when you're walking with the Spirit, he helps us to see temptation. He says, hey, watch out, watch out where you're going, that's temptation. Of course, temptation isn't the problem, it's what temptation leads to is the problem. And the Holy Spirit makes us aware. He helps us to see, wow, goodness me, I don't want to go that way. If I go that way, if I pursue that choice, that's going to lead me into sin. And the Spirit makes us aware, he guides us, he leads us, he's this one who comes alongside us. This paraclete who wants to be in relationship with us, who wants to walk through life with us, guiding us and helping us avoid the sinful nature. Now then, Paul doesn't stop there. He says this in verse 18. Second point is this. But if you're led by the Spirit, you are not under law. If you're led by the Holy Spirit... You're not under law. You see, the Spirit is known as the Spirit of grace and truth. That's who he is. He's the Spirit of grace and truth. He brings the grace of God and the truth of God that those, uh, each one of us, no matter how bad or good we've been, can come to the Father through the grace of God, through the grace gift of God, that is Jesus, walking in the truth. Jesus came as the way, the truth, and the life that we don't need to live under law. Law is here to squash and condemn. Law is here to say you're no good. It leads to condemnation. And we're called to be a people of grace. The grace of God. That's what the Spirit is. The charismata, the grace gift of God. We're called to be people of grace. Not performance, not I've got to but I choose to. Not I've got to because I've got to meet some sort of set of laws and rules and regulations, but I choose to because I have relationship. I choose to because you're my delight, my pleasure. And why would I ever want to go against somebody I love? 
Why would I ever want to hurt somebody I love? No, I want to be a delight and pleasure to them. I want to enjoy them. I want to uh, celebrate their goodness. And the Spirit leads us in this, that we don't need to come under law. And then we get this wonderful description of the acts of the sinful nature. I think many of us may look at the first few and think, hey, I'm doing okay, sexual immorality, no. Impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft. Oh, hatred. Mm. That's not quite so easy. How am I doing on that one? Discord. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Creating discord, disharmony, disunity. Ooh, jealousy. Ooh, is that an act of the sinful nature? Are you sure? Are you sure that one should be on this list? Fits of rage. Oh, no, hang on. Everybody gets crossed sometimes. Yeah, I'm mean, that guy who cuts you up in the car and steals your car parking space in M&S or whatever it may well be. Selfish ambition. Oh, no, no, come on. No, no, this is a different league now. You're talking fourth or fifth division. This aren't, surely these things aren't important. You know, yeah, sure, nail those who are into sexual immorality, but come on, a bit of selfish ambition. What's wrong with that? Dissensions, factions, envy. Ooh, don't like using some of these words because it can make us not feel too good. Drunkenness, orgies, and the like. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's what sinful nature leads to, and so so much more. The the and the like means a whole load of other stuff. If it's not actually out of a relationship with God, if it's not coming out of that relationship with God, then it will come into this camp. That's the sinful nature. But then we have this wonderful description. But the fruit of the Spirit, what the Spirit produces inside of us, what grace produces inside of us, the grace of God, what it produces inside of us is this love. Like a love. Wow. Wow. I can uninhibitedly love others. I can care. I can be selfless in my love. Joy. Wow, joy. Wow, that's that sort of joy which comes from contentment. That joy from, wow, everything's okay. That joy from I don't need to strive. I don't need to achieve. I don't need to... No, I'm, I'm in the grace of God. Peace. Wow. Hey, now you're talking. Patience. Whew like some of that kindness goodness faithfulness wow gentleness self self-control you're gonna have self-control yeah it's part of the fruit of the holy spirit in our lives he helps us to say no to ungodliness this is who the holy spirit is this is this is why we need to walk by the spirit because he produces this stuff in us as he draws us into the grace of god as he gives us a perspective on how to live wow that's how we're to live he produces this stuff in us. He makes it happen in us. And that's why at the end of this, he says, since we live by the Spirit, therefore let us keep in step with the Spirit. And that's the third thing. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Emma and I, when we often go for a walk, we have this sort of routine. I've got fairly long legs. Emma's got fairly long legs too. They're not quite as long as mine. And I, I do, yeah, when I'm walking... I'm walking. There is a destination to be reached. And I can sort of pick up a bit of a pace. And uh, normally about 
30 seconds to a minute into the walk, I suddenly notice Emma sort of, she, she's walking along as well, and then there's a quick, sort of trying to catch up with me. And then she's walking along a bit longer, and then there's another. <laughs> and, uh, and if I'm clued in, what happens at that point is, like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm marching out again, aren't I? The reality is often that has to happen many, many times before I twig that I'm almost dragging my wife along behind me rather than we're out for a walk together. And uh, we need to keep in step with the Spirit. Let's keep in step with the Spirit. Let's see what He's doing, because He reveals what the Father's doing. And let's do the same, keeping in step with the Spirit. So being led by, living by, staying in step with the Spirit is important. Of course, you may say, well, that's all very well as a theory, Andrew. How's that look in practice? How do we make it really work? How do we walk in line with the Spirit? How do we do this? So here's a few suggestions. First of all, just to unpackage what we mean a bit more by walking in line with the Spirit, and then actually some practical suggestions. You know, the first one, that is, well, these are all practical in one sense, um, waffling, dependence. It's saying, I'm going to depend on you. If you're going to be guided by somebody, perhaps you're in a city you don't know, or a museum you've never been to before, and you're on a guided tour, you put yourself in their hands. You become dependent on them, because you know they know where they're going, and they know what's going on, and they know actually what to highlight and what you're going to see if you follow them. We need to become dependent on the Holy Spirit. We need to be people who therefore go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to unpackage some of these thoughts over the next few weeks as we're encouraged to in Ephesians 5.18. We need to recognize the Holy Spirit is our guide. That is, he is there to keep us on the right path. He's there to guide us. So let's ask him. Let's talk with him. You know, have you ever been on a guided tour of a museum or a city or anything else, you know, the way you get the most out of that is you ask questions. You say, what is that thing up on the wall over there? Oh, hang on, that's Picasso, is it? Okay, sorry. You learn because you interact. And this concept of the Holy Spirit being a guide is just that. Think in that language. It's a relational thing. He's here to guide us, to guide us in all truth. So let's talk with him. Let's ask him questions. It's okay you can ask the Holy Spirit questions. You say, Holy Spirit, what are you doing here? What are you doing at this moment in time? What are you wanting us, how are you wanting us to lead us? How are you wanting to direct me? Have you got something you want to say into this situation? And do you know what? The more we talk with him, not to him, but with him, conversation, because he's a him, he's relational, the more we start to hear back from him. Now you may say, well, I've tried that, it doesn't work. We have to practice. It takes time. We develop in our hearing. I think sometimes we're very good at talking to, not talking with. But actually he wants to talk back to us. He wants to talk with us. That means we've got to stop, we've got to hear, we've got to listen. We'll talk about that more in a moment. 
We need to make an effort to keep in step with the Spirit. I've already talked about that. Don't, in other words, don't walk away from Him. You know, you're, a guide of, you're, you're, you're being on a tour of the British Museum and the guide's going that way. You think, oh, I'm just going to go and look over there. Well, why? Maybe, yeah, either say, excuse me, can you just tell me, explain what that is? That's a good conversation to have. Holy Spirit, what are you doing? You're, you're taking me this way, but I'm, there's something over there I'm just curious about. Or perhaps, actually, the Holy Spirit's got a different route he wants to take us on. And we can trust him because he knows where he's going, because he knows the Father. Let him be our guide. Let's keep in step with him. Let's understand he will lead and direct us. He wants to produce his fruit in us, that fruit we've just read about. Let's allow him to do that. Of course, if we pursue sinful things, that's like walking away from him. If we pursue the, the desires of our hearts, the gratify the desires of our heart, that's like walking away from him, saying, hey, forget you, I want to do my own thing. That needs repentance at that point. Repentance to holy God. Saying, I'm so sorry, I've done it again, I've done my own way. There's grace for that. Let's understand there's grace for that. But then let's allow the Holy Spirit to come back in and fill us afresh and draw us close again. So that we take steps with him. When there's big steps, we take big steps with him. When there's little steps, we slow down and we take little steps with him. When he says, hey, you have to jump at this point, we jump. Not because we're Pavlov's dogs or anything daft like that, but because we know that's the safest, best place to be, is in relationship with our guide, the Holy Spirit. And of course, then what he also does is he draws us to the Father who brings love and grace to us. His love, his grace, and what that produces in us, that deep sense of security, that understanding of who we are, which leads to humility, and that freedom and liberty to be all that he has made us to be. So let's just practically try and drill down a bit further. How do we follow the lead of the Holy Spirit? How do we understand what the Spirit's doing? Well, there's three words I want to suggest. This is um, it's a bit like the old green cross, cross code, I guess. Three words. Look, listen, and learn. Three words. First thing is this. Look to see what you can see of the Spirit's work around you and join in. So if you can see that the Holy Spirit's doing something, say, well, can I join in on that, please? How do I join in? What do you mean by join in? Well, you know, some, some, sometimes when we're gathered together, maybe in a life group, maybe on a Sunday, and there's clearly something going on of the Holy Spirit. He's here, he's touching people's hearts and lives. Say, well, Father, how can I join in on this? Is there something you can give me which will be a contribution which will help everyone? Look and listen. See what he's doing. See what's going on even big picture, not just on a Sunday, in our place of work. Look and say, Holy Spirit, help me to see what's going on with my work colleagues. Is there something you're wanting to do in their lives? Allow him to use your eyes and your senses to look and to gauge what's going on. They may say that sounds very mystical, Andrew. Give it time. It's not mystical. It's just saying, Holy Spirit, help. use my eyes. Use my eyes. Help me to see what you're doing. Help me to gaze on what you're doing. Big picture, what's God doing at the moment in our nation? Well, it seems to me that 
while we, have a, while we are a nation which is in turmoil, with Brexit and everything else that's been going on, I hear more and more of people getting saved, possibly because of the fears which Brexit and everything else have created, the uncertainty, I don't know. Well, then, let's get involved in that. Holy Spirit, how can I help people who are fearful? Holy Spirit, will you, will you help me to understand when I meet people who are fearful and give me something I can give to them of you which will draw them to a place of peace because they'll be reconciled with you, Almighty God. So look, listen, listen to what he's saying. Ask him to speak to you. Learn to distinguish his voice. Now within that, we need to keep ourselves pure. He is the Holy Spirit. If we're pursuing sinful stuff, it's unlikely he's going to be speaking with us. So if we've done some wrong stuff, we come back to the grace of God, we deal with our sin, we ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us afresh. That's about relationship. It's not a formula, it's about relationship. It's saying, hey, I've blown it, I'm so sorry, I want to be restored in relationship. So we can listen. Now you may say, well, how do you hear the Holy Spirit? We all will hear him differently. For some of us, as we practice as we give time to this we'll find we actually hear a voice not an audible voice in the room necessarily but just a voice a a prompt a sense some people see things they see words over people sometimes i see that when i pick people out on a one-on-one basis sometimes it's because i've seen a word over somebody or i've seen some sort of sense around them and we you may say well how do you start you say god here i am I want to listen. Help me to learn to listen. Help me to learn to see what you're doing. But then there's a crucial step, which is this. It's obedience. It's when he gives us something, saying, okay, this may feel uncomfortable, but I'm going to go for it. Because I've asked you, Holy Spirit, to lead me. I've asked you to speak to me. So if I'm sensing you're now speaking to me, relationship says, I want to keep going. Therefore, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to give it a try and see what happens. And then learn. Do you know we can learn about the Holy Spirit? We can learn his ways. Over time, you know, you, over, over time, our relationships deepen. Over time, we grow stronger in relationship. Same with the Holy Spirit. We learn about him. We learn his ways because it's about relationship. It's not a formula. It's a relationship. And because it's a relationship, we can learn what he's doing. We can learn how he works. Now, you know, that's not that we ever can control him and say, well, you've always got to do it this way. Uh-uh. That's the first big lesson to learn. You can't control God in that way. He is God, not us. As soon as we control him, then he's no longer God. We are. He's God. So we can't control him. But we can see that he likes to do certain things. Things we find in Scripture. Heal people. Set people free. He loves to put gifts in people's lives. Give us gifts. Gifts which build the church. Gifts such as tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, but also gifts of giving, administration, hospitality. A whole wide range of gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 and other places. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 14. We can learn his ways. And then we can live out those ways. 
So I want to get very practical at this point. We've got a gift week. Now, I don't know how many of you have come prepared for the gift week. Maybe you've already thought, yeah, this is what we're going to give. But why don't we pause for a moment and just talk about how the Holy Spirit can lead us in a gift week. Worked example, practical worked example of how the Holy Spirit can lead us in something like a gift week. Because, to be frank, if he can lead us in a gift week, which is often quite hard because money, as we know, is probably the greatest challenge against God. You know, Jesus says you can serve God or you can serve money, but you can't serve both. So actually, when it comes to giving, giving is often a real challenge for that very reason, because money has a power. If we can hear him on this, we'll hear him on all sorts of things. So you can say, well, okay, how do we do this? Well, let's look. Let's look and see what God's doing. What's God doing? Why do, why do, we, why do we want a gift week? Well, the big picture is this. This is about the glory of God. The Holy Spirit wants to bring glory to the Father. And how does he do that? He does it through his church. That's us. He does it through his church who are worshippers of him. That's us. That's each one of us. Worshippers not just through song, but day to day throughout our lives. He does it also, though, so that more will come to worship him. He helps us to witness. He gives us tools with which to reach people. And this building is one of those tools. It's not the only tool by any means. But it's a great way, actually, of touching lots of lives and as we've made the shift or are making the shift at the moment in how we operate the building and what we're doing in the building, one of the big things we want to do is to create many, many more ways for us to interact with those who use this building. You know, we have over 3,000 people a month on average coming through this building who are nothing to do with Harvest Church. Statistically, that's probably 15% of Alton, the population of Alton every month. Now, obviously, many of those are repeats. But over a year, then, that's more than double the population of Alton, actually. 36,000, that's pretty much just slightly more than double the population of Alton. I know, not, I know that not everybody who uses this building is from Alton. But, man, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. He's given us a great tool. Let's, let's look and see what God's given us here. It's an amazing tool for his kingdom. And, you know, we've got great things which help people to engage. Cafe rafters, fantastic. A wonderful way of engaging with people who use this building. It's loving, serving, caring for people who use this building. The bookshop, it serves far, far more than just Christians in our town. People come in, they, 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 they wander, they glance. It's an important thing. But I tell you what, one of the most powerful things is the team of people we've got who serve us in running this building. And connect with those who use it. But we want to make that better. And part of the reason for this gift week is so that we can create a new reception area. A very different style of reception area to what we have at the moment. There's a sketch up on, and, a, and a plan up on the board over uh, to your right, my left, those blue boards over there. Part of the reason for the gift week is so that we can change the bookshop, which we're keeping but making smaller and moving into the current reception area and bringing the current reception area effectively into the bookshop. The idea behind this is very much we want to have a reception which is open when the building is open. That It's easy to interact with people. It's a, it's a key place to connect with those who use the building and 
the church, uh, the, the church team who run the building. But it's much more than that. If it just stopped there, it'd be good. But it, you know, it's, we want to take that much further and start to understand people's needs and actually understand where people are at and think, how can we serve our community more? How can we connect more with our community? And so part of the gift week, only part of it, is to help create that space, which we would expect to do over the summer, when the building's a bit quieter. You see, we can look and we can see something of what the Spirit of God's doing in us and amongst us. Now, I'm only talking really just about the building in this instance. Let's listen then. Now, how do you listen? Well, I find the best way of listening is in quiet. If there's lots of noise and babble around, funnily enough, I find it difficult to listen. I don't have very good hearing, so put me in a crowd and somebody's talking and somebody else is trying to talk to me. I lose it very fast. I just, I, I just struggle to hear well. So for me, I like quiet. But you know what? If I want to listen to the Father, I find also it's really, really helpful to be in that place of worship and adoration, of delighting in him. Saying, Father, would you speak to me? You're special to me, you're precious to me, but I'd love to hear from you. And in a few moments, we're going to actually just do that. We're going to stop and we're going to listen. And I'd like to encourage us to say, Father, how would you have me give to this gift week? Now, that is a really dangerous prayer. And so I'm just going to give a, a health warning to that prayer right from the beginning. Because if you do that, you've got two options at that point. You've either got obedience or disobedience. And I guess most of us don't want to be disobedient. But we may find it really, really tough to be obedient. Because we may have to make other calls and other sacrifices. But that is the very nature of giving. And that is the very joy of giving. Is that we basically say, God, what I've got is yours and I trust you with it. And I will trust your leadership of how I use it. And that is the expression of submission and love to our Father. I tell you what, it doesn't half break the whole challenge of money over our lives. My wife's grandmother uh, said this to us me many, many years ago. I probably said it before, I'll probably say it again. Money is made round to go round. Andrew, you need to understand that money is made round to go round. What she was saying is the joy of giving is just fantastic and don't ever hang on to stuff because as you try and hang on to it the bible says moth and rust will perish it and it'll be worth nothing but actually as you give it and as you sow it into the kingdom as you give away there is something so much greater and so much more blessed in doing that so we can dedicate ourselves afresh to god and we say father i'm here i want to hear from you i want to listen and then we can pause he said, well, how do I hear God? Well, he will speak to you. The problem is often we think, oh, that can't be God. <laughs> Particularly often with money, but not always. Or it can't be God saying I need to share my faith with somebody because he knows I don't like doing that. No, that probably is him then. He's probably wanting to stretch us and grow us and help us to grow in dependency on him. He's probably wanting to help us to be more uh, in relationship and step with his Holy Spirit and to walk by his Spirit. Yeah, but you don't understand, Andrew. That's not my personality. 
That's not my problem. God gave you your personality and he'll use your personality to help you reach people in your personality and through your personality. So we stop and we listen. We say, Father, would you speak? And then also we learn. We build a history with God. We learn to grow in faith. We know that actually, well, last time God asked me to do this and look what happened. Therefore, I'm prepared to take another step next time. And we learn and we grow in relationship of walking with the Spirit because it's relationship, it's walking hand in hand with the Spirit. So this morning, today is our first Sunday of our gift week. What is our gift week for? Our gift week is very simply for the building, this building, this facility, amazing facility. If, uh, like me, you're new to the church, I've only been here six months, you may feel you're a bit newer, that's, that's great and welcome, it's lovely to have you part of us. You're thinking, well, why should I pay for something somebody else has built? Well, that's just life. <laughs> I've, 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 I've been a believer 34 years, I've been in six different churches, and I've given to six different church building funds over 31 of those 34 years, I think, if I remember correctly. And some of them I have nothing to do with, but hey, that's just, part of, that's just part of being part of this church. We have a building, we have a mortgage on this building, we're making amazing progress with our mortgage on this building because our aim is to see our mortgage cleared by the end of 2020. As of the other day, the trustees, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Tuesday this week, signed a new mortgage deed with the same mortgage provider. They just wanted a new mortgage deed. And the balance at that point in time was just a few hundred pounds under 790,000 pounds, which is fantastic. You may say, what? That's massive. It was a lot bigger a year ago. (laughs) And God's been good. It was over 900,000 pounds over a year ago. God's been good. But we're praying, God, we want to be mortgage-free. Why do we want to be mortgage-free? So we can release finances for all that God wants us to do in this town. So we can see a greater release of blessing on and over our town. So that we can facilitate further growth of the church. And who knows what will come beyond that. Maybe it's so we can also plant other churches in other towns in this area. I don't know. Let's see where God's going to lead us. Maybe it's also finishing the north end of the building. For those of you who don't know this building, we have another 20% of derelict building beyond that blue wall at the end of this auditorium here. And uh, I say derelict, it's got a roof on it, so it's watertight, but there's not a lot else to it apart from four walls. And uh, we'll see. But we want to get, we want to get mortgage-free. We want to get mortgage-free. So part of the gift week is to create the new reception area because we want to keep ministering to folk We want to connect with folk. We want to help them come to know the love of Jesus because Jesus loves the lost. And we want to play our part in helping the lost come to know Jesus in Alton. And part of it is so that we can get our mortgage clear so that we can press on with all those other things that God has for us. And so, the gift week. Well, you've probably got one of these cards on your chair or on a chair very near you. The gift week has got two or three components to it, really. Uh, We would ask you to consider one or more ways in which you can give. The first one on this card says this, one-off gift. I would like to pledge the following amount to Harvest Church. You fill in the amount and you can put a date to be redeemed. That's March, April or May. Of course, if you're planning on giving today and you've actually got the cash or check with you, you don't need to fill one of these cards in at all. You can just put that straight in the offering. But please, if you have 
Uh, if you've gift aiding, if you're gift aid, if, sorry, if you've filled in a gift aid form for Harvest Church and you're putting cash in the offering, it needs to go in an envelope which you can get from the table over there with your name on so we can get the tax back from the Chancellor. If you just put cash in and there's no way proving that it came from you, we can't get your tax back. And that's 25p for every pound given, so it's worthwhile doing. So you could give a one-off gift. You could say, I want to start giving regularly to the building fund. Now, you may say, Andrew, you just shot yourself in the foot saying this comment, but I'm going to say it any, nevertheless. Please don't start giving regularly to the building fund unless you're already giving regularly to the church. The biblical principle is tithes and offerings for the work of the church come first. Okay? So our tithes, that is giving a, a proportional giving, which Bible uses this tithe, that is a tenth, goes to the work and the ministry of the church, okay? So we're asking people to give beyond that regular giving into the building fund because that pays our, helps pay our mortgage. We've seen over a 50% increase in giving to our, regular giving to our building fund over the last six months, which is great, but we still are roughly £2,000 a month short on being able to pay the mortgage just from regular giving. We'd love to get to that point where we're paying the mortgage from regular giving to the building fund so that when we have gift weeks, everything just, it's all used just to reduce debt. And then the third box is, I'd like to continue or increase my regular giving. If you just want to say, I, I want to restate my commitment. I'm, I can't change the amount, but I just want to restate my commitment. You can, you can tick that box and you can fill it in. Or you may want to increase your commitment of giving. You can use that box and you can put the amount in, the number of months, or you can tick a box saying open-ended, all that sort of stuff. So does that make sense? What's the Spirit saying? What's the Spirit saying to us today? How's he wanting to lead us? How's he wanting to direct each one of us? What I'd like to do now is just try and put that look listen and learn into practice. We've talked about what the needs are. We've talked about what we're seeing going on. How God's on the move in our nation and in our town. How we've seen two people get saved so far this year, which is fantastic. Absolutely wonderful. Two people saved. How we've got many people on Alpha courses. Three different Alpha courses running in the church at the moment. Youth Alpha, Monday Alpha, and Tuesday Alpha, Mark? Tuesday evening Alpha. Yeah. Um, uh, and then also we're involved in uh, Alpha in Alton, uh, Alton College as well. We're assisting with Alton College, CU's Alpha. What's the Spirit saying to you? Can I invite you to stand at this point? The invitation in Scripture is this, that we are... To live by the Spirit, to walk by the Spirit. So we're, I'm just going to lead us in a song. This may not work. It may work. We'll see. But we're just going to sing a little bit of This Is My Desire. Okay? Uh, if we've got words, that would be great. But if we haven't, don't worry. We'll just make do. And let's just use this as a point of a statement of our worship to Jesus. And then at the end of that, we're just going to pause and be quiet for a couple of minutes. And why don't you say, Father, what are you doing? Speak to me. I'm here. I want to listen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that uh, you've never left us alone. Your Holy Spirit's here to be our best friend.
We want to walk by your spirit, Lord. Help us to walk in faith, to not give way to fear. Holy Spirit, help us to be courageous. Help us to put into practice what you've just put in our hearts. To not hold back. Help us, Lord. Help us to be all in. All into whatever you've said. To follow your lead completely. Throughout our lives, not just this morning. Gift weeks, well, that small bit for everything else you've got for us. We commit our ways to you. We want to walk with you throughout life. Led by your Holy Spirit. Be our best friend. Be our companion. Be our guide, Holy Spirit. Help us to follow you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. So, folks, we're going to pause for a moment. The band's going to come back because they're going to lead us in a song of worship, if that's possible, please, band. If you'd like to take your seats, um, please just use this moment now to write down what you feel God stirred for you to put on that card. And then in a couple of moments, we're going to take up our offering. I'm going to do something very dangerous and give Emma our half-filled in card, which has got our details on, and leave her to write in the amount she's feeling for us. And, uh, and we're uh, going to then come, and uh, we're going to come and worship him. And, uh, you know, what a great way of worship. The world worships money. We're going to break that by worshiping Jesus and giving money. What a privilege. What a privilege. What a wonderful thing. You okay? So, um, hopefully you've been able to fill in a card. If you haven't got a pen, please shout. If you need help, please shout. And uh, I think the stewards will wait on us uh, with uh, baskets. will come around as usual. Uh, but let's just stand. Let's enjoy worshipping him for all that he is. And as part of that, we can also give. Thank you, Kathy. <laughs>